You can laugh. That was, I mean, if, if anything make me feel good, it wasn't that funny, but glory to God. How many of you want to change the world? Glory. Well, let me tell you a couple things real quick. You can't change a world that you're not in. A lot of times we holy, righteous, clean, living people don't want to get messy. And we're not willing to go out into the world. We're not of the world, sure. But we got to be in the world. You can't change a world you're not in. But then you can't also, you can't change a world that you're the same substance of. So if, you know, whatever is going to be your priority, you know all the worldly stuff. I don't need to go down the list. But if they're going to be your priority, how are you going to change the world if you're the same substance as it? You can't change a world until you change yourself. Until that person you look at in the mirror every day is going to be gut level honest with themselves and say, here's what's tripping me up. And I need to be praying about this. I need to be, you know, in the word about this. And I need to be in faith about this and, and work on you. You know, we spend more time working on our outfits than we do our own spirits sometimes. We, we, we spend enough time making sure we look cool in front of all of our friends and make sure we got the best of whatever. And then just leave our spirits in the closet and like, you know, it's 1970 corduroy suit. If you like corduroy, it's okay. Not really, but it... Hey, get this. You can't change a world that you're not in love with. Oh, we got plenty of people that want to help the poor, pitiful people down in the projects because their life is so horrible. That's not the attitude to take. Remember the dude I was talking about at 11 years old? You know... That's the people that I'm in love with. I mean, I'm in love with people, all people. But I don't just look at people as like, they need me. Do they need me? Yeah. But I'm in love with them. Because God so loved the world. He, he didn't just love them. He so loved them. It's an awesome adjective in that verse. He so loved the world that he sent Jesus. He didn't say, well, what are we going to do, Jesus? Some losers down there. You know, treat them like we do homeless people. If you give them two bucks, your first thought is what? Yeah, you don't want to admit it. They're just going to go drink it. Of course they are. Of course they are. That's what they do. They're sinners. But if I can give them two bucks, and while I'm giving them, let me make sure I'm not giving you a hundred here. Okay. While I'm giving them that money, oh, by the way, can I tell you how much Jesus loves you? You know, I was in your position at one time, and I fell in love with Jesus, and he brought me up out of that. Oh, you're in love with Jesus too? Well, how come the same Jesus that I'm in love with loves, must love me more? You know, you got a conversation now. So I pay two dollars. To be able to have a conversation with somebody? You thought you was going to get that, didn't you? So I pay $2 to have a conversation with somebody? Go drink it. I got high tonight. I got saved. 
I don't recommend it. I used to come to Young Adults High back before it was like 15, 11 to what, 25. You know, it was like 19 to something then. So there weren't 11-year-olds around me. But it wouldn't have mattered. But I didn't stay that way. Hallelujah. You can't change a world that you don't fall in love with. And, and you know, Jesus said, pray for your enemies, right? Pray for them. Everything that I expect in my life, God expects me to do for others and theirs. I need a lot of grace in my life. I need mercy. And he expects me to extend that. You thought that meant just extend that to your inner circle, right? Your cliques and your clubs at church. No. That's for everybody. Love your enemies. Pray for them. I've had multiple times over the last couple years where thousands of dollars were owed me from customers. And I'm ready to go to court. You can ask my wife. I had, I had it all lined up one time to go to court. And I was going to have to drive to Indianapolis, but I didn't care. I wanted justice done. And, and then the Lord said, just forgive them. I was like, okay. One time, I had two Christians owed me almost $900 between the two of them. And I was in my office praying one morning. It was about 6.30. And I'd be praying, Lord, I want to see miracles. I want to see revival. You know, that ain't what I was praying. But, and, and then I would think, man, those people owe me that money. I can't believe. One, one guy I ministered to, he's crying in my shop one day, bawling and squalling. God moving on his life. And, and so I'm thinking about these things. How could he? How could he do this? How could he do that? God said, just let it go. Send them both a message and tell them you, they don't know you a dime. I'm like, oh, okay. It's kind of hard to run a business this way, God. <laughs> let, me, let, me, let me teach you about business, God. <laughs> he said, just forgive them. So that day, I sent them both a text message. I knew these people very well. One of these people, let me just teach you how to live a little bit. Can I do that? One of these people, it was a fundraiser that they, they were doing for their kid who has cystic fibrosis. And they're not going to pay their bills. To another Christian. Hey, if you think that's a good way to live a successful life and a healed life, we'll see in the end, you know. I'm not going to judge, but we'll just play it out and we'll see in the end. And so I did. I sent them that message, and I'm going to come back to that part of the story in a minute. Don't let me forget, okay? You listening? You sleeping? You awake? You good? Okay. Don't let me forget. And so I sent them that message, and then two hours later, I was in a big lots store getting some milk crates for my store. I was going to put some soccer balls and footballs and stuff like that in these milk crates to help decorate the front of my store. And so I'm in that store and my phone rings. And I normally wouldn't answer my phone in a place of business like that because it doesn't sound real professional if you're on the phone representing a business and then all of a sudden clean up on all four, you know. <laughs> they know you're not at 
your place of business. And so the phone rings, and I answered it, and it was my son's school. He goes to a private school where you got to, you know, pay. And we're fortunate we, because we're ordained, we get a, a certain discount, and then some other things help us out some. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> so I'm in the phone rings, and this lady from his school is on the phone, and I knew her, and she said, Jacob, I wanted to talk to you about something. I said, okay. She said, we had a donor come into the school this morning and give a, a very large sum of money to go towards tuitions. And I decided that I wanted to give you $1,500 of that. And you know, that's great. That's great. You know, God turned that eight, $900 into $1,500 in two hours. He's a pretty good investor, I'd say. But you know what's better than the, than the 1500 Hearing from God. Having a working, ongoing relationship with God where He can talk to you and you do it. And guess what? You talk to Him, guess what He does? You can answer. He does it. He does it. Glory to God. But I had to forgive. And it really wasn't that I had to forgive. I got the awesome privilege of releasing that out of my soul, that bitterness that was interrupting my prayer life. Can I teach you how to live? Interrupting my prayer life, causing me to be separated from God because you think God is, is in favor of strife and bitterness? No. No, He's not. And he, he, He's not typically moving in that environment. The Holy Spirit is not typically moving in that environment, if, especially if it's a habitual lifestyle. But this lady, now let me tell you about this lady. See, I learn a lot from other people too, good and bad. I learn a lot of good from, from my man of God. I, I learn how to live integrous and have character. I, obviously, I learn the Word of God. But I also learn from people's mistakes too. And so listen to this. This lady, she's got this son with cystic fibrosis, okay? She goes to a church that I've even ministered in. So she knows my story. And she treated me like that. And then two years later, it was actually this year, I agreed to do some more shirts for her. Long story short, she had messed up. And, and I'd, I'd had some time invested into this, but she had messed up some dates. Got mad at me because of it. She's under pressure. Listen, she's got a son with cystic fibrosis. But at some point, even, even during all your mess, you've got to learn how to live. And so she just canceled everything and went with another, another printer. And I, and I even was ready to bend over backwards to make, clean up her mess. Knowing that two years prior, she didn't even pay her bills. Because this ain't, this ain't all about me. I'm trying to get an inroad for this little boy is what I'm trying to do. I'll spend $2 to talk to a homeless person or I'll spend 400 to be able to minister to a little boy. I don't care. And so, so that all went to the wayside and she got, got all mad and blah, blah, blah. But let me tell you another story. So there's an example of somebody that needs a miracle. And that's how they treat me. And to this day, that little boy's in and out of hospitals and I'm not happy about it one bit. 
in and out of hospitals, getting all kind of treatments, and he's dying. And then this year, I had a, a two ladies come in, mother and daughter, come into my shop. They wanted some shirts for a fundraiser they were doing for a lady with cancer, a good friend of the mother's. And so working with them, get things lined up for them, get them their shirts, and I did it in a couple days for them so that they could sell them quick and then have a reorder in time for the fundraiser, blah, blah, blah. There's, there's, a, there's a point to this. And so the second time that they ordered, see, I'm scanning. I'm waiting. I used to be, me and Brother Joe, where you at, Brother Joe? Remember Home Depot? <laughs> We was at Home Depot one time, and this guy's dropping F-bombs all over the place and acting crazy. And I'm waiting for a place to find uh, an inroad to his life. And while I'm waiting, Brother Joe comes in, poof, kicks the door down, and starts ministering to him. Stole my thunder. So, so I'm, I'm waiting for, there's, I can always tell the story. But there's sometimes that are better opportunities to minister to people. Not every opportunity is the right opportunity to help somebody. Can I help you learn how to live? And so um, I'm telling about my story. And, and I sent her a video link of the, of the CBN interview. And I told her, because I was praying over this lady. Her name was Lisa, the lady with cancer. And I told her, I was praying, and I feel confident that God said the same thing is going to happen for Lisa. And, and they were like, praise God. They were Christian ladies. I didn't know it at the time, but praise God. Thank you for the story. We showed it to Lisa. She got all inspired about it and things like that. And we told her you were praying for her. And I never even met Lisa to this day. But two weeks after the fundraiser, I had given a gift certificate for the fundraiser because they were raffling them off. Well, the daughter, her husband coached a travel baseball team, and he wanted that gift certificate. And so he won the gift certificate. And he comes into my store and says, hey, I got that gift certificate. I'm going to use some stuff for my baseball team. But before we talk about that, he said, I got to tell you, Lisa went and had some PET scans done. Uh, this was like on a Thursday. He said, Lisa went and got some PET scans done on Monday. She's totally cancer-free. But, no, no, glory to God. But let me tell you, I forgot to tell you, she had fourth-stage liver cancer and had moved to her pancreas. It was serious. And see, they honored the anointing and the, the message that I preached and what I could do for them, not just with T-shirts, but they did honor me with that. And then showed me respect and love and kindness. And Lisa's totally healed today. This other lady, she's struggling. She's struggling. You can't change a world that you're not in love with. Hallelujah. The way I live my life is I'm, I'm after the last, the lost, and the least. And, and anybody in between. But I don't segregate who needs Jesus and who doesn't need Jesus. I don't segregate it. I just, I just go after anybody that wants it. Anybody that don't, you know, any, anybody that even barely glances at me in public, they're in trouble. 
And, and you can ask my wife. I'll stare at them on purpose. I make them feel so awkward, they got to look at me. <laughs> and then I got to explain to the police what, you know, what's going on. <laughs> Glory to God. Let me, let me read you some things here. Hey, live your dreams. Live your dreams. Because if you don't, you're just dreaming that you're living. What's your purpose in life? Do you live or do you just exist? What consumes you? Your time, your money, your thoughts? We should all know what our purpose is in life and chase after that with everything that we have. And the only way to make sure that your dreams come to pass is to keep God at the very focus and the very center of your life. Glory to God. You know, most people here today, they know Scripture, scripture at some level. They go to church regularly and have a, a, a knowledge of God at some level. And, and that's great. I applaud that. That's, that's honorable. And that's, a, an awesome, that's an awesome start to a young life. Hallelujah. It's an awesome thing to have these privileges activated in our lives. But, but for some, you don't have a knowledge of God. You know, you don't, you don't know the Word. You don't know the Bible. And I want to encourage you. There's no excuse to be spiritually ignorant in these days. We have an abundance of Bibles. They're free. You know, most everybody's got smartphones now. And if you don't, you know, there, there's all kind of resources for you, to, for you to have what you need to grow spiritually. There's awesome resources like podcasts. There's awesome resources like YouTube where great preachers and great worship are on there. And you don't even have to pay anything. Just play it. You, you know, when, when you think that, you know, something on TV is going to fulfill you, it's not. Cut it off. I mean, I watch some TV, but it's not my priority. It's not my main diet. And, and so turn on a, something on YouTube. Find, ask some of the leaders around here, who should I listen to on YouTube or Vimeo or whatever. You know, get on there and listen to an hour and a half of Jesus culture worship and see if that doesn't set your day straight. You know, it's going to be a lot better than commercials that are on TV that are telling you that, you know, you got it. If, if your leg ever itches, you need to take this medicine. You know, it's, it's funny. You know what the best medicine on the market is right now? No question about it. No question about it. It's called Latuda. See, every one of you laughed just because I said Latuda. You know what kind of medicine Latuda is? It's a depression medicine. It's already working. You didn't spend a dime. I love Latuda. I don't take it. I just say it. And then I get happy. It's awesome how that works. Glory to God. Hallelujah. The title of today's message is, My Hope is You. My hope is that what you're hearing during this conference, what you're experiencing during worship time and in the ministry time becomes so real to you that you just want to experience it all the time. Not just 
wait until camp 2015 to be able to get into another environment like this, but you want to experience it on July the 8th. My hope is God comes be, becomes so real to you that the stories we hear, like Amy Simple McPherson and, and all the great healing ministers of old, the Dr. Dufresne's, all the people that have done wonderful things for God, that you far surpass them. That God becomes so real to you that you grow beyond where they've been. That's how this is supposed to work. We're not supposed to see any declines. This ain't the stock market. We're supposed to be going from glory to glory. My dad's ceiling should be my floor. God should be more real to me than he is to him. And, and when you're 38 like I'm 38, God should be more real to you than he is to me. Because I know what I know, but I want, my hope is that you know what I know and beyond. My hope is you. And some, you know, some might say, well, I'm only 12. And others might say, well, I'm 53. And that's my point exactly. It doesn't matter how old you are. My hope is that you get so crazy in love with Jesus that all the junk doesn't even appeal to you anymore. All the trash that's out there in the world doesn't even entice you anymore. All the things that you used to think were important don't become so important anymore. And all you want to do is chase after Jesus. And you say, well, when am I going to have fun? I have loads of fun. I've got that Latuda commercial on my phone. <laughs> Just kidding. I have loads of fun. But guess what? Fun doesn't have me. And that's the difference. I can go have fun anytime I want. But I don't live a life to where if I don't feel like I'm having fun, that it's not worth living. Hallelujah. My hope is you. My hope is that you get to experience the awesome privilege of being baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. And that it just doesn't stop there. Let me point out something. Did you, you ever notice that the evidence, the initial evidence of being spirit-filled is speaking in tongues? But we got a body of believers that think that's the apex of being spirit-filled. That's not the apex. That's the initial experience. And so we got a bunch of elitists that call themselves Pentecostals that say, Shundai, Shundai, I'm better than you. You're going to go to hell if you don't speak in tongues. Really? <laughs> I mean, I think, I, I encourage you to speak in tongues daily. Ongoingly. But being spirit-filled is far more than just speaking in tongues. That's the stepping into the power. Now what are you going to do with it? And most people don't do anything with it. Oh yeah, they'll pray in tongues when, when Lauren says, let's pray in the Spirit. Or when your pastor says, let's all pray in the Spirit. And it could very well be that's the first time they've prayed in the Spirit since the last time the pastor said, let's pray in the Spirit. My hope is that you realize the importance of the Holy Spirit in your life. This is His dispensation. This is His time. 
He's the one that moves upon all the people that were up here getting ministered to. He's the one that you feel his presence in this place during worship. That's the Holy Spirit. That's God working through the Holy Spirit. And we have to, we have to think about this. You say, well, why, why, are you, why are you bringing that up? Well, you know, I hear a lot of people on Facebook talking about Jesus. And hey, without Jesus, remember that 11-year-old boy? None of this would even be happening. I'm not downplaying Jesus. I'm just saying I don't hear a lot of young people talking about the Holy Spirit. I don't hear, I don't ever see a Facebook post that says, I just prayed in tongues for an hour and went and got the grocery clerk saved. Or I just prayed in tongues for an hour and, or I prayed in tongues for 15 minutes. I don't even hear anybody saying, I pray in tongues. Are we ashamed? Are we ashamed of what we say we believe? Are we doing it? We sure don't talk about it. We sure don't talk about it. But when we get about, around a bunch of like-minded people, we sure don't mind. And I'm not making fun. I'm just saying if it's really important, I talk about it. I talk about it. I talk about things that are important to me. And I'm not saying every post has got to be, I was praying in the spirit in my bedroom, started hanging from the chandelier. I started hanging from the ceiling fan, then my mom came in and turned it on. <laughs> that was good. <clears throat> about lost it on that one. About lost it on that one. Praying in the Spirit is just the initial step of being Spirit-filled. Take that awesome privilege that Jesus promised us. Take that awesome, that awesome resource that we have and utilize it in your everyday life. You don't have to post on Facebook about that. I was just using it as an example. But if you're living it in your life and you're really doing this, you don't have to post it on Facebook. We already know. We already know. Glory to God. My hope is you. You know, I've sat in services where the power and the presence of God was phenomenal just like it is today. And people just like you have sat here and experienced it. People just like me. I've seen leaders. I've seen the, the, from the youngest to the eldest sit in these same services, experience this same glory, experience this same power, experience the same deliverances that we've seen up here. I've seen marvelous words, so accurate words spoke over some people in their lives. And they're not here today. My hope is that this becomes so real to you that you want to live this every day. That this just isn't a, this just a, isn't a getaway for you. This just isn't a, I want to feel better about myself, so I need to go to camp or I need to go to church. I want this to be so, so alive and so passionate on the inside of you that you want to, you see Dr. Jacobson, Jordan minister these upcoming nights and you say, I want to be like that. That's what my hope is. Because if, if we don't turn this over to the next generation, guess what we got? A dead religion. A club where we can all just feel good about ourselves. Because we don't smoke, we don't chew, and we don't run with those that do. And the rest of the world is dying and going to hell. 
because, because we became the same substance as the world. Because we became conformed to the world. Let me, let me tell you something. Let me talk to you so much about God's love and His grace. You know that scripture, conform, don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That word conform. now he's talking to believers there, right? And so we'll just use Isaac as an example because he's not going to do this ever. I know it. He becomes conformed to the world. So he's acting like the world, drinking like the world, talking like the world, living like the world. That word conformed means fashioned alike. You look just like him. But what it also indicates is that the inside is still saved. You can still be saved. Go on a sin if you want. The wages of sin is death, but go on. You, you might meet Jesus sooner than the rest of us. I don't know. People say you believe in once saved, always saved. I say, you trying to get out? People become conformed to the world all the time. They live and die, and they, they worry over the stock market just like the rest of the world. They worry over this just like the rest of the world. They got, a, they got supplements, artificial supplements to put in their bodies like the rest of the world to make themselves feel good. And then they end up going to heaven because they genuinely got born again. And then they just live their whole Christian life ineffective. My hope is you don't become ineffective. My hope is that you become effective in your life. My hope is that you realize how real this really is. My God is more real to me than I am to me. Let that flip your lid. God is so real. He's so wanting to move in your life. He's wanting you to experience him. You, you think we invited him into these services? No, we just tapped into what he was already doing. You think that we, we coerced God? Like, God, we're hiring, we're hiring, God. Come on in. We're hiring somebody to make us feel good during worship. You qualify? No, he was already here. And we just walked into what he was doing. And you know, you can do that every day of your life. You don't have to invite God into your life. He's already there. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. All you need to do is shake off those sins and weights that are holding you back and say, I'm stepping into God today. You, you, we invite God and the Holy Spirit into his own habitation. Isn't that weird? How about we just shake off the cobwebs and step over into his? Hallelujah. My hope is that you get this. My hope is that when Brother Jordan and Dr. Jacobs minister in these next couple nights and my wife tomorrow morning is that you get this. That this becomes so real and alive on the inside of you. Ain't nobody going to take it away from you. Nobody can deceive you. Say, well, tongues went away. Really? I just spoke in tongues this morning. They must be back. Well, healing was done away with. Well, I just got healed. It's back. You're right. It went away for a while, but it's back. But it becomes so real to you that this life becomes not just so real to you. Because you know, 
kale. Anybody know what kale is? Kale is real to me. But I don't want nothing to do with it. And some of you, you know God is real, but you don't want nothing to do with him. What happened to the laughter? See, you've seen miracles. You've seen God move in your life. You've got delivered. You've been one of the people up here in the line saying, God, move in my life. You've been there and I've been there. And then, and then we just let it slip away. And we just let it go away. It ain't real. Or if it is real, we don't care. One of the two. I don't want to treat my God that way. Who, while I was still a sinner, snorting Xanax and drinking Sigram 7, trying to end it all. He sent Jesus. That while I was still a sinner, one day I smoked a crack lace joint, popped open a beer. This is how this is how engulfed drugs were into my life. Went at a party, I was by myself. I lived in a rent by the week facility, had a hot plate. I didn't have a stove, I had a hot plate, making chili on this hot plate. Smoked a crack lace joint, popped open a beer, go to sit down to watch Fox Saturday afternoon baseball. That was the only thing godly in my life. And I'm getting ready to watch this baseball game. And I'll, I'll look up and these cinder blocks are in front of me. And out of my mouth said, I ought to become a preacher. I didn't even get saved for three more years. God is real to me. And he wants to move in my life. Not just at camp, but next Thursday. I live my life to be ready for people that I know need God. I live my life to stay full of God because I want to be ready when that time comes. And I walk into a hair salon that Lauren worked at and a lady comes up to me while I'm sitting on the couch waiting just to get my hair cut. I didn't just spend five hours praying in tongues, just wanting to get my hair cut. And a lady comes up to me, she said, stood in front of me just like this, said, I knew that if I saw you today, you'd pray for me. She said, I went to the doctor and they told me I had breast cancer. And as soon as she said that, the power of God just swept over me. I took her hands and I prayed for her. And I laid my hands on her and I cursed that cancer to die. And then guess what? I got my hair cut. <laughs> this ain't Hollywood. What, what do believers do between miracle and miracle? They get the haircut. Eat some Fruit Loops, you know. Come on, y'all. I don't remember the time frame. A week or two weeks later, this dear lady, awesome lady, coming. I think Lauren ended up telling me because I didn't need a haircut that quick. She's totally cancer-free. She didn't even have surgery. The tumor wasn't there when she went to get it. You could do that. You could do that. The God on the inside of you wants to do that ongoingly. But we're so focused on LeBron. We're so focused on Catfish. We're so focused on all these stupid TV shows. We're so focused on my clothes and that my, my image. I don't care about my image. I'm stupid. I'm a hillbilly. I'm whatever. I've been calling them all. I don't care. I'm anointed. My hope is that you get this. 
My hope is that you get this. My hope is you. Because I don't live my life for myself. I live my life for you. I live my life for you. I'll never forget. We, we were in one of our first camps here. And we were up. We, had, we separated the boys and the girls. And the boys were over in where the girls' dorm is now. And we were up in the upstairs talking and we was just talking about real life and how boys should be boys and, you know, how you should act and different things. And, and I said something like, uh, you know, how would you boys feel if you heard that, you know, I, I don't remember if I said I got drunk or I cheated on my wife, one of the two. Ain't neither one of them. Good. And I'll never forget, Davon said, he's the only one saying things. He said, I'd be very disappointed. I live, my, I live my life for God, first and foremost, but I live my life for other people. I search after God at such a level for other people. I don't even pray about myself. There's things I, have, I pray about, but I don't pray, God bless me. God, where's the money? I don't, I don't even take time to do that kind of stuff because I don't need to. When, when financial pressures come, you know what I do? I threaten the devil. You going to threaten me, punk? I got one for you. I'll give it all away. You, you think I'm kidding, though. You think I'm kidding. You think I'm kidding. My business is down $40,000 this year. You, there, you don't think the devil wants to try to put some pressure on that? And, and when pressure came a couple weeks ago, I wrote out a big check. Showed it to my wife. Said, let's do this. You, you can't pressure me, devil. I know how to resolve that real quick. Give it all away. Then there ain't nothing to worry about. There ain't nothing to worry about when you just give it all away. My hope is that you get this. And it becomes so real to you. And the fruit of your life is so rich and so ripe that the rest of the world, they want it. They want it. They see the fruits of your life and they say, I got to have that. I got to have some of that. But you can't do that and play in the world at the same time. It's got to be all or nothing. It's got to be all or nothing you know, in closing, a couple weeks ago, I was cleaning up around the house and been straightening some stuff up in our house because I hadn't done it in a long time. And uh, don't judge me. And uh, I had this lawnmower sitting in my backyard. And uh, it was a great lawnmower, ran great. And then one day, a belt flew off of it. And I just had it repaired, so it kind of frustrated me. And so... I pushed it to the side and I went to Lowe's and bought a new one because <clears throat> I wasn't going to allow myself to be frustrated. Should I have been frustrated? No, but don't judge me. So that was last fall, like maybe August, September of last year, August. And um, it sat in my backyard the whole time. And then it had become a thing to hang my water holes on. And it had, be, it had, had all kinds of different uses. I'd, I'd used it one time because I was trying to weed eat and the water hose was hooked up. I could have just unhooked it, but I tried to be creative. Um, 
I use it to put the water hose up on so I can weed eat underneath of it and, you know, just different things. It started being used for purposes that it wasn't originally intended for. And then I was cleaning up and I was like, I got to get rid of this thing. And I was, called a friend of mine and I said, hey, you want this lawnmower? Because he, he had a big yard and I was like, he, he could use it. I thought about selling it and whatever. And I knew he could use it. And I said, hey, you want this lawnmower? It had a belt come off of it and a couple little flat tire now. Needs fixed. Needs some things done to it. But you can have it if you want it. And, and he came and got it. And within a, within a day, I believe, he had the thing running and ready to go and, you know, doing some restoration to it. And he, he's going to use it, which is great. But, you know, a lot of times in your life, you allow yourself to be used for things that you weren't originally intended and you're sitting in the backyard and you're holding a water hose when you're supposed to be this powerful piece of equipment cleaning up people's yards or lives and making them look good getting things in order and nice and neat making things proper. And you say, yeah, that, that's, that's been me. I'm, I'm doing things I shouldn't be doing. I'm watching things I shouldn't be watching. My life is being utilized for things it wasn't originally intended for. I've got good news for you. There's a restorer ready to put the belt back on the mower and to put the blades back on and to fix the flat tire. Let God restore your life. If you haven't been living for God, can we get some music going? We're going to wrap this up. If, we, if you haven't been living for God at the level you know you should have, let's change that. Let's change that. This isn't, this isn't play with it time. This is time, to, this is time to get some of that outer shell chiseled off. And I'm not going to minister to anybody, but as they play this song, if you want to come to the front and you want to minister to God and you want God to break some more of that outer shell off and you want to commit your life to God and you say, God, I'm going to do what he's been saying. I'm going to come up to another level. I'm going to live higher. I'm going to get some of this outer shell broken off so the real me can be identified. The Bible says everything exists and finds its purpose in him. You're never going to find that with that outer shell on. Let's get that broke off. As they're singing this song, if you want to come up to the altar, kneel, get on your face. Just do whatever you do when you're being real with God. Let's do that. And I'll be done. Whoever's taken over after, after we're done here to give announcements or whatever, feel free to do so. Go ahead.